Welcome back to Trauma, Drama, and Life. Uh, I'm your host, Ben Taylor, and my wife, Kayla Taylor. We're super excited to be back here and talking with you. Just want to say first off starting that we are super thankful for all the support we've been given just in this podcast. As we're recording this, this is episode number five. And after the four episodes launched, uh, the episode, the podcast spiked all the way up into the top 100 under relationships in the United States, which is just it blows my mind. Yeah, it, I think it blows both of our minds. We're, like, not, we're expecting not expecting that, that at all. <laughs> right. So thank you guys so much for your support and just listening and tuning in with us each week. Yeah, so thank you so much. If you guys are, are new here, feel free to be able to check out any of the episodes on Apple Podcasts, um, like, share, and if you can, just review it. Uh, give us give us a rating to be able to help just spread the news of what we're trying to do, how we're trying to help people, and how we're trying to influence people to grow, heal, and change. So I have my whole platform um, under Raw Motivations. Uh, my wife, I have some of her links uh, attached underneath to some of her uh, YouTube and Instagram. And Instagram. Yeah, yeah, YouTube and Instagram of stuff that you can kind of see from her perspective uh not always from like the narcissistic aspect but just like life uh so you can see that we're uh humans and we have life that goes on yeah, behind the scenes too right so um we've had a couple people that have put in you know questions and comments either through the email or if you've seen some of like the polls we put up on instagram so thanks so much for the engagement um we wanted to go ahead and kind of dive into this episode going over a couple main topics some of like reactions you know reacting to one another um kayla reacting to me dealing with that dealing with like the symptoms like the stress symptoms that come with being with a narcissist um being with that type of a person and then also kind of some of our like arguments and how we like manage conflict then and then what it looks like now yeah so anyways uh so, let's go ahead and just dive right dive in right? right yeah absolutely so i guess starting off um kind of like reacting and stressors that I used to have. Um, definitely during a lot of conflict, um, probably a couple years ago, would end up in, I, we are both very logical people. And so we both always come into like disagreements or conflict from a logical aspect. Hmm. And so... I would know like what I was logically like saying and trying to get across was accurate. Maybe not a hundred percent, but it was always at least a portion of it is correct, if not a hundred percent. And so anytime I would have to be faced with conflict with him, I would automatically like have that fight response because I knew that he was just going to come back and he was going to jab and he was going to jab and jab and jab and jab. And I would literally almost have like the conversation in my head just so that I could like come up with logical reasons for every single thing that he was going to jab at me. Like you knew how it was going to play out. In right. That sense. Exactly. <clears throat> and so it became like a pick and choose your battles because obviously when you're faced with that fight or flight response like day in and day out like that's not good for your body that's not you live off of adrenaline which isn't good and it drives up your stress hormones like it mm -hmm. it wrecks your body it wreaks havoc upon your body and so it got to the point to where I was just tired and there would be things that really needed to be addressed that I would go and just let go of and just not it would just go underneath their service and so then it would end up building and building and building and building and building until I finally just like would explode. 
And then, of course, that turns into, like, me, like, reacting, and then him in return saying, mm-hmm. I was the narcissist because of how I was reacting. And Did I say you were the narcissist? You've said, you've said that a couple of times. Really? I was just curious. I've had people ask me that, and I was like, I don't remember I don't if think I did that it, it was, there was only, like, a couple of times, like, a couple of situations that I remember there was, like, a couple of um, things that turned, like, so bad, and mm-hmm. I was just, like, so angry, um, and you were like... I'm sitting here calm, like you're the narcissist. Yeah. Like, okay. so, yeah. so there wasn't, it wasn't like you would call me a narcissist like day in and day out, but it was right. very. And that had to be evident. after I started like learning about it. it yeah. Wasn't, it wasn't like before I even knew about Mm-mm. the term or anything like that. Like Mm-mm. after I started learning about it that I'd, you know, insert that in the conversations. I think like with both of us being logical, there's probably a lot of times in our arguments and in trying to either get you to react or get that response that, um, like, can you kind of talk to some of the aspect of like the confusion or like, and once it's like the word salad or like different stuff that I would like put on you that would try to make the conversations be like completely like, you know, what are we even talking about? Did it feel like I confused you a lot of times with some of those? Yeah, I think in one sense, that's, in one sense, he, you would do that because it would start off with one topic and then you would insert something, like just a little something. I don't, I mean, if I wish I'd have mm-hmm. had an example, but you would insert, say we were talking about dogs and we were like discussing dogs and you would insert something about like a cat's tail, like just slide it in there. Mm-hmm. And then we would get on the topic of cats and you're like, I don't even know what we're talking about now. Like it's your fault because you started, we started on this topic and now mm-hmm. you're on this topic. Right. And so you would confuse me and we would switch topics, but then you would t- in turn like blame it on me that we were swip- switching topics and not staying on. And that's normally when I'd come in with like the, we just have a communication issue. We need, we need to go to counseling right. because of our communication issue, but then I would never do anything about it. Right. Right. It's like, exactly. I just use that as the excuse of like, you know, I don't remember the exact phrasing, but I use the excuse of like, you know, this is just like, you know, communication problem. And like, if you could figure out how to communicate with me or stuff like that, you know, Sorry, I'm not trying to, like, trigger anybody right now, but, like, that would be, like, the idea of, like, blaming on communication, but at the same time, not doing anything in my power to actually fix it. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. And so I think it got to the point to where there would be times when I would literally walk away and just, like, disbelief of, like, what just even happened, like is there something wrong with me? But like, I could sit there and I could go back through the conversation and be like, like, what did we even just like discuss for the past like 30 minutes or like whatever it may have been. And like, I was really like at that point confused. And so I, and in my mind, like logically I was like, I don't think there's anything wrong with me, but then it started making me feel like something was wrong with me. Like I wasn't doing something right. I was the wrong purpose. Like I was wrong in Mm -hmm. how I was communicating or conveying things or whatever it may be. And then, yeah, yeah, I started learning more about like narcissism and. Right. Cause we see that a lot with, you know, I mean, a lot of the people that I talked to on a day-to-day basis that are going through it and trying to figure out like a lot of times the phrase I'll use is like trying to help provide like clarity now to like the confusion and the crazy making because that's mm-hmm. what it feels like when you're in the middle of it yeah 100%. like that's what it feels like and like the the arguing that makes you feel like either one you're wrong or like two like the argument doesn't even exist like why in the world are we talking about this or I guess uh like you were kind of alluding to even sometimes of like even the questioning of like am I the narcissist or am I the abuser or am I the crazy person that's like not letting this relationship actually blossom and grow Mm -hmm. yeah yeah for sure 
No. And I, um, I had thought, but now it's just, it's <laughs> it's okay. if it comes back, then I'll enter it. <laughs> but like in, you kind of mentioned that as far as like the feeling of like crazy making, what did you feel? Uh, I guess, is there anything else you want to say about like the crazy making feeling of like the communication or on the, on the flip side, you know, if someone's going through that right now, what are some of the tools that you use to leverage to help like reduce the crazy feeling and like kind of ground yourself back to reality? I think in one sense, I don't know. I'm sure there are people out there who can relate to this, but I would almost at times because I would know how um, the conversation was going to typically play out. Um, I would do like fighting and flighting. So in my mind, like I would almost like disassociate the conversation of like, I'm going to have this conversation with you. I'm going to put my points out there. But at the end of this conversation, I'm going to just sit in the confusion for maybe like 30 seconds and then be done with it. And so just kind of that like disassociation of like, if not, then like, I'm just going to continue to be beat down even more than what I already am. It's almost like a, like a a radical acceptance of like, you know, that you can say your points, but it's not going to go anywhere. Right. And for me, because I am just a logical person and I also am very like outspoken, um, a lot of people are probably like listening who know me and are like, really? I am, but I just, I try to contain it. But at the same time, um, I am outspoken. And so I need, if I need to say something, like I'm going to say it. And so that's kind of like how it was. Like if I wanted to have this conversation, I was just going to say it. I knew that it probably wasn't going to be responded well, but in my mind, I had already like accepted that it wasn't going to be responded well and would disassociate from it and just let him like do whatever. And then there would be times that like, I would think that there was going to be a different response, like just maybe. And then that's when I would notice that I would have more of the stress symptoms of like having anxiety or like whatever, like this is just the worst thing ever. Right. Cause there's a lot of, <clears throat> there's a lot of stress and anxiety that I put you on, you know, of like, you know, feelings of like anxiousness, you know, panic at times, you know, just like a lot of different fears in one sense that were there of trying to like hide from those. And also, you know, that, caused a lot of reactions Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and some and there is at times that like I would have like reactive like abuse to him of like yelling at him or Mm -hmm. getting so angry that like I would like throw a pen across the room or whatever and he would be like sitting in the chair literally like looking at me like you're a psycho Mm -hmm. and like I was just like and in those moments like I just like I would freeze almost like I would I would have that like freeze response of like like what just happened like this is not who I am this is not who I want to be this is not like like any of that mm-hmm. and so it's like it just comes from like this deep seated root of like anger and like bitterness and like hurt that you just are like you just like want to like rage and then you have to take a step back because they're going to use that obviously against you and he would he would be like you're the crazy one like what are you doing right yeah i remember there definitely like there's times where stuff like that would happen i don't remember i don't remember specifically if i did it with the uh like the one door i think the door was like falling apart and you like slammed the door or whatever and like it broke off the hinges or whatever you know but i do know like that's like an aspect that like i would assume like in the moment like when that happens you're just like holy cow like what just happened or like how did i yeah. end up in this place where i'm responding like this yeah yeah and and i think that that's that was used to his advantage because I think that 
I mean, there was a door like that was actually like true. There was a door and I'm pretty sure like 99% sure it was like breaking and I just didn't realize it and I right. slammed it. And so obviously he used that against me. He was like, wow, you're so angry. You like broke the hinges off the door. But then mm-hmm. because in my in my aspect, like I was angry. I like brought back up when he like busted the, like he busted the tide, um, like oh, laundry yeah. long, detergent. Long time ago. Long, long time ago. Like, and I was like, of marriage I was like, you're going to call me out on that when you like made a mess, like right, right. <laughs> from the beginning of marriage. And so then that, then he would also use that against me because he would sit there and say, why are you bringing up stuff that's like happened like seven years ago? Right. And so, which is typical for someone with like right. narcissistic personality to sort of like trying to like the past is in the past. Like we don't bring that, we don't bring that up. You know, we don't like discuss that anymore. Like we got to be able to move past it. Mm-hmm. And you know, there be an aspect of it was always acceptable. Well, I guess I guess a lot of people get confused because it was always acceptable in my mind and how I like played out in the relationship. It was acceptable for me to bring up your past, but like you couldn't bring up my past. Like you can bring up stuff that that I was accountable for. So like, mm-hmm. you know, me me hitting the the tide detergent and it like busting everywhere like early on in marriage, like that was like a, an off topic. Like you can't bring that up. But then like, I don't know, like I could bring up something that was like, you know, dating, you know, and, and that would be like viable in my mind of like, I can bring this up, but you're not allowed to say anything else. Right, yeah. And so that was obviously like triggering and frustrating for me. And it was just kind of like those like underhanded like jabs to like, get a reaction Mm -hmm. yeah and i think a lot of times people get confused about that and confused about like the reactive abuse of how it actually happens because then it that's typically what switches in people's mind of like wait a second maybe i'm the abuser you know maybe i'm the person because i just threw that pen across the room i just slammed the door i just you know all that kind of stuff like did that kind of ever go through your mind or what did it was just kind of like walking yourself back through it in one sense yeah i mean i there was at times that i that I did wonder like if it was me or if I was the abuser because of how I was reacting in those situations because it took a while for me to even get up to that and it even like made me wonder like if I had like postpartum like rage Mm because I already knew that I struggled with like postpartum depression and anxiety so then it like added but I was like it's not towards like anybody else but him, like, because postpartum rage is normally towards, like, a bunch of people, not just, like, one I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, but typically, like, that's just, so, like, I was just, like, wondering all of this because I already knew that I was struggling a little bit with postpartum depression and anxiety. Um, and so then I was, like, wondering, like, if I had postpartum rage or if, like, I was a narcissist. Like, if I had, like, some type of, like, psychological thing, like, wrong with me mm-hmm. because of how I was reacting. But then, like, looking back, um. I let so much, like, get piled up, and it took, like, a while for me to even get to the place where I was reacting the way that I was. Right. Um, it, wasn't that like was, your, it wasn't, like, year one of marriage you no, were reacting No, like, this was, like, year seven or eight. Right. Like, no, seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, it was year seven. So, seven years of, like, all of this, like, emotional, like, turmoil and abuse and things like mm-hmm. that just started, like, adding up, and... So it was just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. And can you talk a little bit at all as far as like the, I guess just any, anything else you'd want to say on like the crazy making side or like the symptoms kind of like coming out of that? Because I know you mentioned like early on, like reacting, but then also like the stress symptoms that 
wreak havoc on you know everything mentally emotionally physically like there's a lot of stuff that happens that is really hard to be able to process and that affects so much yeah so um i would struggle some with like obviously anxiety um just especially going into a conversation that i knew that we needed to have because i was already prepared that it was going to turn into an argument um and it was like super triggering and so I would obviously like my heart would start racing. I would start feeling like flustered, things like that. But I got to where I would manage it very well. Um, and so it wasn't until I was struggling with postpartum depression and anxiety that like I started having like panic attacks. And in one sense, like that was quote unquote the only time that he would care because right. you would always just like check on me and then once I was done you would just like get up and walk away. Like it wasn't like there was like any like It was like conditional too. Like I yeah. feel like there was times that like whenever you were struggling with that I'd get more pissed off for yeah. a period of time and then it and then it'd like switch and then I guess I was I was talking on a live the other day about it of like the idea of like comfort like wanting to comfort you like comforting you like when it got really bad but by that time you're like so terrified or you're so like you know distraught that there was like no way that I could and then when I would like reach out to try to comfort and you wouldn't want that at that point because you felt unsafe then I would get pissed off even more of like well see like I'm trying to help you and you're refusing my help like that kind of thing yeah and so that then in my in my mind, I was like, well, maybe I should just, like, suppress, like, how I'm feeling and just let him comfort me because maybe this is going to, like, help something. Or, like, obviously, I'm doing something wrong because, you know, even though I feel, mm-hmm. like, after he just, like, yelled at me, like, I don't feel like this is a safe environment, but, like, maybe if I do X, Y, and Z, then, like, whatever. So, it's, yeah, it was very twisted and hard right. <laughs> like looking back and like thinking about it i'm just like wow right. i was like in this huge like fog and i think it's key that even even with all of that you know logical and like rational thinking like the end result didn't change anything Mm-mm. like it, maybe that... maybe like one to two days like we would be okay and then it would just go back the same cycle would start over right and i was thinking that'd be key for us to be able to explain and to share like on this podcast because i don't think we've made like a disclaimer on every single podcast of like right you know i'm a narcissist you're not a narcissist we're married and we're still together and then you know the majority of my stuff on my platform i'm like hey if you're with a narcissist leave you know and yeah. and people look at that you know people look at me they put they look at you know the platform i have and the people that i'm able to coach and, and influence and help them change and then then a lot of times they want to look and be like well you changed like or like they'll try to attach you to it of like you changed for your wife or like you know you you chose her you picked this you know all this kind of stuff to try yeah. to be like when really like the thought behind it is like how do I get my narcissist to do that? How do I get yeah. my abuser to wake up and be nice to me kind of a thing? So yeah. like, um, you want to talk through some of that as far as like even the thought process of like, logically, let me sacrifice this and maybe this will get better. And then it not. And then also just the reality of like, hey, you know, it's not, uh, you know, a better roses, you know, being married to me, but also then why even in your own words, someone should stay or not stay with a narcissist. Yeah, so... That was like a lot of Sorry. questions all at once. <laughs> None of this is written down. We just, we literally have like reacting and stress symptoms written on a sticky note. And we're like, let's just talk. Um, <laughs> so, so would you like to ask me one question first? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we can go with like one question first. So um, I, I guess just um, 
explain a little bit how like the logic piece like trying to deal with it logically and like sacrifice stuff like didn't mm. help yeah so it it doesn't help like i'm just gonna i like i i tried probably everything that you could imagine um to try to get him to change and there was a point that i just realized nothing i did was going to help him change nothing the only thing that was going to help him change was going to be god and himself that's it like those were literally the only two things that i knew was going to help him change at that point when nothing i was sacrificing my own mental health i was sacrificing um like my comforts like whatever it may be i was sacrificing like all of this i was giving up that safety piece i was trying to be vulnerable as vulnerable as i could be at that point like it didn't matter what it was it nothing was working right. so i think that that's where you kind of have to like figure out as far mm -hmm. as how far are you willing to go to sacrifice things that they're more than likely not going to change for it because um, ultimately you'll just keep sacrificing and sacrificing and sacrificing and never getting any type of change behavior on the other side. Right. So that kind of like leads to like the other question of like, what would you say to someone who's like debating, you know, but, you know, Ben changed, you know, maybe I get my narcissist change mm -hmm. or like maybe I should stay in the relationship. I think it helps to to hear it, not just from me, but from your perspective on, you know, if they should stay, if they should go or kind of just all that. Yeah. I think that something that I heard, I don't remember who it was from. I'm pretty sure it was somebody either on TikTok or Instagram. I don't know. But I heard you have to choose your hard. And staying is going to be hard and going is going to be hard. And I think there are so many people who think that staying is the easy route or hmm. going is the easy route. One or the other is the easy route. They're both hard. They're hard in their own ways. And so for me, for the longest time I was like, okay, well, I'm going to choose my hard. Like I do love him. So I'm just going to stay. And then there got to be a point to where staying was the worst thing for my mental health. And I started realizing that I was not going to be able to show up for my daughter if I continued down the path that we were on. And so that is when I left. And that was also incredibly hard. Like I was leaving the comfort of my own home to go back and live with my family. And my family is great and I'm very thankful that I have that because some people don't. But it's also you're you're taking yourself out of your routine. You're taking yourself out of something that's already comfortable for you and that's your only safety is like your normal everyday routine. So that's hard. But you're also doing it because you know at the end of the day this is what's going to be the best. And me leaving did not change him at all, like, at all. It took several months. Right. There's a lot, lot more. A lot other, more. Lot, a lot of other things. Right. That a lot of other things. And we don't have time to dive into today. Right. But, you know, yeah, I think, wow. Like, I think that was, I think that was really good. And I think that's really awesome just to be able to hear you say that. Like, your, your mic dropping and, and <laughs> dropping fire on it of like choose your heart you know that's a huge aspect that I think a lot of people don't think of when they're in the relationship they're just like oh leaving is too hard and 
I think I, I heard someplace else too, like the idea of, you know, people are only going to change, you know, when that, when their current circumstances are painful enough for them to change. And so I, I think it complements that really well of like, you have to choose your heart. You have to be like, no, this is, this is harder to stay than it is actually the pain of leaving and starting over so that I can, you know, be safe mentally and emotionally and be able to process stuff, you know, because otherwise that confusion is so so full so filled up it's hard to be able to get anywhere in life yeah so anyways thank you guys so much for for listening today really do appreciate it um feel free to be able to like rate and review share the share the podcast episode because we've been really shocked that it's been growing so fast so please give it a share uh give it a review uh if you want to follow me or my wife we'll have the links down below in the bios and thank you all so much y'all have a great day yeah thanks we'll see you next week